0: the fruit of your lips come on with the fruit of your lips begin to bless his name hallelujah come on come on we worship your god receive our worship hallelujah come on bless his name bless his name receive our worship Your name, we bless your name. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. I think the saddest tragedy for any believer is that the Lord would allow the rocks to cry out for them. I don't understand how we can be in the presence of the Lord and not say something to him. Father we bless your name. We pray God that our worshipers went up as a sweet aroma to your nostrils and every believer said thank God and amen. Hallelujah. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. I want you to take up your Bibles quickly. I want us to go to the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 22. I just want to give God honor for Minister Brian Stokes and our worship team this morning. Thank you to our musicians. I believe God is pleased with our worship. Isaiah chapter 22. I want us to continue to keep Pastor Britton Cole in prayer. As my wife has already alluded, he lost his sister on Mother's Day. I did not know why the Lord led me in such a direction to preach on such a topic on Mother's Day, but now I know why. So let us keep him lifted in prayer as he mourns the passing of his sister. Isaiah chapter 22, I want us to look at verses 12 through 13. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to walk a little bit heavy, y'all. So I pray that the Lord undergirds us and keeps us Isaiah chapter 12, excuse me, verse chapter 22, verse 12. Reading for the New King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible declares, and in that day, somebody say, in that day, the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and for mourning, for baldness and for girding with sackcloth. But instead, joy and gladness, slaying oxen and killing sheep, eating meat and drinking wine. I promise I'm going to give context to this text. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. But this is what the Lord God called for them to do in verse 12. And in that day, the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and for mourning, for baldness and for the girding with sackcloth. As you take your seats, I want you to tell your neighbor, we're going to minister from this subject. We weep tonight. Tell your neighbor, we're going to weep tonight. I, I, I need us to understand something. That beginning in Genesis and concluding in Revelation, we find the words both weeping and sorrow from Genesis to Revelation, we find these words weeping and sorrow. That means the Bible opens with weeping and sorrow and then the Bible finds conclusion in weeping and sorrow. Somebody say weeping and sorrow. Even more in the King James Version, we find this word weep 92 times and we find the word sorrow 108 times. I believe this is significant because it reveals that both the life of the believer and the unbeliever will at some point endure weeping and sorrow. And this is why Job 14, 1 declares that man born of a woman is both of a few days and full of trouble. In other words, I know y'all might not like this, but life is short and full of sorrow. Somebody say sorrow. Uh, is short and full of sorrow so in other words that means there will be a pain that we will experience that at some point will cause us to weep that that there will be a problem that we will have to encounter that will cause us to weep and watch this, there will be persecution that we face at some point that will cause us to weep I know y'all may not like that but life is short and full of sorrow tell your neighbor it's short and full of sorrow and for those that may be saying, I've yet to experience that type of pain, I've yet to experience that type of problem, I've yet to experience that type of persecution. I-, I don't know about y'all, but I grew up in the old church and the old saints used to say, just keep on living. Tell your neighbor, just keep on living. You may not be weeping today, today but just keep on living. And this is made even more evident by the short 33 years of the life of Jesus. Because the Bible declares that He wept over the death of Lazarus. That's in John eleven thirty five. And then the Bible says that He was overwhelmed with sorrow in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's Mark fourteen thirty four. So even Jesus was not exempt from sorrow. Many of us get saved and think we won't experience sorrow, but somebody say Jesus even wasn't exempt. He was not exempt. Because the sad tragedy, watch this, is that sorrow has caused many believers to watch this fall into depression. Sorrow has caused many believers to become despondent and watch this, sorrow has caused many believers to even experience death. And hear this, this is the enemy's desire. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And many times he attempts to do so by way of how we respond watch this to sorrow the enemy comes to kill steal and destroy and watch this if you're not careful with how you handle sorrow the enemy will take you out we've got to be able to handle this thing called sorrow sorrow doesn't have to be the death of us and this is why we must take hold of God's solution for sorrow Therefore, over the next few weeks, I want to examine what it means, uh, what we must do when we weep. We'll examine how we weep in travail. We'll examine that we must weep there. We'll examine how we must weep together. And we'll examine how we must weep with trust. But this morning, I want to admonish us that we must weep tonight. Somebody say tonight. In other words, what is significant about our time of sorrow? We we've got to understand that. Because what we know about the time of sorrow will cause us, or in other words, enable us to trust God in our time of sorrow. If I don't understand what, what this time of sorrow entails, I'll never be able to trust God. Somebody say you gotta trust God. Yes. And this is where we find ourselves in our text this morning. The Lord is revealing through the prophet Isaiah the significance for this time of sorrow for the children of Israel. And I need y'all to understand this, that Isaiah prophesies the desolation of Jerusalem in our text. And, And he also says that there will be no deliverance. So he says that Babylon is going to desolate the land and there will be no deliverance. Somebody say no deliverance. And then he says that many of God's people were dead in sin. A time of sorrow. And I want y'all to understand this, where there is no genuine worship, I want y'all to hear this, sorrow will always follow. Did y'all hear what I just said? Wherever there is no genuine worship, this is why y'all can't play in atmospheres of worship, because where there's no genuine worship, weeping will always follow. And this is where we find the children of Israel in our text. And in verse number 12, the prophet Isaiah reveals much about this time of sorrow. And I believe God's solution for sorrow begins in what we know about the time of sorrow. So here's what I want us to do to, this morning. I want us to examine the text. I want us to understand why we must weep tonight. And all I'm going to look at is verse number 12. I want to look at the beginning portion of verse number 12. Notice what the Bible says. and This should be on our screen. And in that day, I want us to stop right there. We may not intend to weep. But I need us to understand this the time of weeping is inevitable many of us don't plan to weep but watch this the time of weeping is inevitable that's because hear this my first point is our time of sorrow is promise if you're taking notes I need us to write that down our time of sorrow is promise and as I mentioned earlier just keep on living because no matter how much you try to run from sorrow at some point you're gonna run into sorrow no matter how much we try to guard ourselves from hurt, I know the Bible says guard our hearts above all things. I understand that, but you can try to run from sorrow all you want, and at some point, you're gonna run into sorrow, because sorrow, watch this, is promise. That's why our foundational text says, and in that day, because at some point, there will come a day in your life that will produce sorrow. I know y'all don't like this this morning, but a day of difficulty a day of dismay and a day of death that will produce somebody say sorrow sorrow Sorrow. and hear this just because sorrow is difficult does not mean you can deny it Just because these emotions that arouse at the place of sorrow does not mean I can deny it. And the problem with many believers is when we experience our day of difficulty, we experience our day of dismay, we experience even our, our day of death, we try to deny the feelings of sorrow. I was just in the hospital trying to help a family mourn the transition of a loved one and there was one that tried to be so hard in her demeanor that she did not, watch this, embrace the day of sorrow. Y'all ever seen that? This is a difficult situation and this one has no emotions. God says, I don't care how much you try to stop it, you'll never be able to deny it. Watch this. And herein lies one of the reasons that many succumb to their day of sorrow because many try to shelter themselves from a time, watch this, that is set. It's a set time. And notice what Ecclesiastics chapter three, verse four, it reminds us. And I believe it's on our screen. The Bible says there's a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. We may not like this, but I want y'all to hear me and hear me good. No matter what precautions you take in life, no matter what preparations you make in life i know y'all got life insurance no matter what even the protections you place in your life sorrow will always prevail yeah. i know we don't like that but god says there's a time to weep and a time to mourn and many folk will watch as the enemy will use that time to be the death of if you do not realize, listen, it's no preparations, there's no precautions, there's no level of protections that can cause sorrow to not prevail because the time of sorrow, watch this, it's promised. Yet here, somebody may be asking, I get that, Pastor Keith, I've been living just a few years and I understand that sorrow will, will come, but, but many may be asking, why is this critical to know and how does this help me um, with the solution for sorrow? I, I, I get that. Knowing that sorrow is promised, watch this, does not change the feelings produced by sorrow. But it does help us with how we respond to sorrow. It does not negate the feelings that are produced, but what it does help me to do, to know how to respond. Somebody say, I got to know how to respond. Because when I know, watch this, that there will be a day of sorrow, sorrow does not have to be the death of me. Watch this sorrow is an expectation while living but sorrow should never stop me from living did y'all hear what I just said sorrow is an expectation while living but it should never stop me from living and you got many folk that endure sorrow and watch this they stop living I can't, I can't get them on the phone I, I, when I go over, they, 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 it's, like, it's like they're in a place of depression. I can't get them to come out the house, but God says, although you can expect it while living, it does not have to stop you from living. Tell your neighbor, don't let sorrow stop you from living. don't let it stop you from living and watch this here's some good encouragement from the apostle peter notice what he says in 1 peter chapter five verse nine the bible says be strong in your faith somebody say strong. strong remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering and i know we love to say nobody knows how i feel but Peter says, no, your brothers and some, somebody over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Get out of your feelings because here's the good news. Peter is saying that you can have strength even in the midst of sorrow. What do I mean? You can cry, you can question God, and you can be, even be angry as watches as long as you don't lose your faith. That means you can cry, you can get on your bed You can have your favorite cover That your grandma gave you You can tell everybody Every time you see them, girl I'm not doing good But as long as you don't lose your faith Tell your neighbor don't lose your faith Because your strength Is in your faith Watch this, strength can Accompany sorrow, watch this As long as you don't lose your faith Hear this Do what you need to do as you go through your time of sorrow, just don't deny your faith. Many of us, and I don't think a lot of preachers and a lot of ministers give a lot of sound counsel in a time of sorrow. Don't tell people how they should go through sorrow. Do whatever you got to do to get through your time of sorrow, just don't lose your faith. Because my job as a pastor is to give watch over your soul. So watch this, you can, girl, I, I want you to cry I want you to go through As long as, watch this, you get through yeah. And don't lose your faith yeah. Tell your neighbor, don't lose your faith don't lose your faith. No, no, don't lose your faith And this is why 1 John 5 4 admonishes us, uh, us with these words The Bible says, for whatever is born of God Overcomes the world And this is the victory that has overcome the world Somebody say, our faith, our faith. Because our victory over sorrow Resides in our faith I watched my grandmother take care of my grandfather on his deathbed, but she never lost her faith. It got to the point where she had to clean him up. Listen, just like I got to clean up Caden, but she never lost her faith. I saw a woman, watch this, and I know she don't mind me saying this because she said it at the funeral. She took care of a man that cheated on her. Watch this, somebody say multiple times, but she never lost her faith. Even at the funeral, in a time where somebody who was seemingly the breadwinner. And she said, now, nah, God, what am I going to do? She never lost her faith. And the reason why many of us succumb to sorrow is because we lose our faith. I tell your neighbor, don't lose your faith. So here's the first thing I need us to understand. If we're going to have victory over sorrow, if we're going to understand this time of sorrow, we've got to know that the time of sorrow is promise now let's look at the second portion of the text the Bible says that the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and for mourning before the foundation of the world I need us to understand this God's perfect plan was not for sorrow but he does give permission for our sorrow did y'all hear that when 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 God created the foundations of the earth sorrow was not in his perfect plan But here's the good news. Although the the fall of man in the garden gave way to sorrow, watch this. God says, I'll still give you permission to have and walk in sorrow. Somebody say, "I I I have permission to cry. This is because our time of sorrow is providential. So the next thing I need us to understand about this time of sorrow, that is providential. And although we may not like this, watch this, God ordains and orchestrates times in our lives that will produce sorrow. Many of us never heard that. God himself will orchestrate and ordain times in our lives that produce sorrow. Y'all don't like that. God ordains transitions that will produce sorrow in our lives. Y'all know when you can have your best friend that lived with you for years and then they got to go off to college or they say I'm moving. Watch this. Deacon Ronnie and Miss Carolyn, we're going to miss y'all. It produces sorrow. All right? There's transitions that produce a level of sorrow. God will orchestrate this. Watch this. Trials in our life that produce sorrow. And watch this God, and this is why the Bible says in James chapter 1 that we should consider it pure joy when we face various trials. It may not feel good and it may produce a level of sorrow, but God ordained it. Somebody say, God ordained it. And not only that, God ordains some levels of testimonies that produce sorrow. Listen, my wife. My, my wife and, and my wife-to-be at the time was almost about to leave me somebody say almost about to leave me, because she thought i had a baby y'all and i and at one point i thought i did as well because as a young man y'all know just doing living in the world all right i thought i had a baby and watch this i raised that young man for four years so think about Kaden and saraya calling me daddy a young man calling me daddy and then finding out later on that the baby ain't mine. But it produced something in my life that God needed. Watch this for the future. But it was a time that produced something. There are, some, there, there are some transitions There are some trials There's some testimonies that produce sorrow in our lives And if we can be honest Y'all, y'all know those, those transitions Those trials and those testimonies Will sometimes Somebody say they hurt And many times these are circumstances in our lives We may not like this That God calls that make us cry He calls them And this is watch what our foundational text says And the Lord God of hosts Somebody say call. For weeping and for mourning He called for the weeping in the morning And why is this significant to know Because many times this reveals That much of what produces sorrow in our life Ain't the devil, it's divine Many of us are in times of sorrow And we're fighting the devil And it's not the devil, it's divine So many of us, watch this Are wasting our energy In a time of sorrow And God is saying Don't cite what's divine. And many of us wasting energy because watch this. When we know our sorrow is providential, then we can also rest in the fact. Watch this. That it'll preserve us in it. See, it changes how I respond to sorrow. Because when I know it's providential, listen, I know it don't feel good. I know, God, you want to get something out of the future. I know this thing makes me hurt, but I can trust the fact that he's going to preserve me in it. So I don't lose my mind. Somebody losing their mind in sorrow right now does not believe that God will preserve you in it. Shakita, that's why you're still here. Because it was providential. He's preserving you. Oh, that's good news to me. Oh, that's good news to know Watch this. because if he called you to it then God watches is obligated to carry you through it now that's good news to me y'all but we have to know if God called us to this sorrow Watch what the New Living Translation of Isaiah chapter 46 verse 3 through 4 declares. I have cared for you since you were born. Yes, I carried you before you were born. So all y'all who losing your mind because your daddy wasn't involved, he said, I've carried you. I will be your God through your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. Watch watch this. God will carry you through even what makes you cry because your time of sorrow is providential. God gives you permission to cry but he says I'm going to carry you through it. That's good news. Tell your neighbor he's going to carry you through it. And because your time is providential God will send you to sorrow hear this save you in sorrow and set you free from sorrow. When I know it's providential I've got to expect the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We don't like that because we like when God sends us to the blessings. We like when God sends us to the abundance. We like when God sends us to the overflow, but we don't like when God sends us to sorrow. God says, if I send you to it, I'm going to save you in it. And if I save you in it, watch this, I'm going to set you free from it. Somebody say "My my time of sorrow is providential. So hear this. Don't get mad at a God that has called you to manage your sorrow many people get mad at a god that has called us to manage our sorrow you ever seen that folk got mad at god i don't know why you did this god i don't i don't know why you did i can't stand god in this moment god says watch this i'm gonna preserve you in it have i not done it before and god says watch this don't get mad at me i'm gonna manage your sorrow And this is why God had to answer Job like this concerning his time of sorrow in Job 38 through 4 through 7. He said, Where were you? When I laid the foundations of the earth. Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined his measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched you? Stretched the line upon it to where these foundations were fastened? Or who laid his cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So watch this. As you weep, don't allow God to ask you where, you, where were you. Yeah. I never want God to have to question me in my time of weeping. I don't want me to lose my mind concerning a God that has kept me in my time of weeping. Don't, ask, don't allow God to ask, where were you? Oh. If God can form and lay the foundations of the earth, then he can be faithful over your sorrow. Watch this, because your time of sorrow is providential. Hear this and I'm going to be out your way. I needed us to understand that our time of sorrow is promise. Somebody say promise and our time of sorrow is providential somebody say providential and watch this here's the last portion of our text the bible says for baldness and for girding with sackcloth life circumstances necessitate sorrow but even more your time of sorrow must be seen as normal did y'all hear what I just said life circumstances will necessitate sorrow but I've got to see sorrow as normal somebody say normal in other words the time of sorrow is personal don't hear this what am I trying to say don't allow anybody to tell you when to weep how to weep or how long to weep because your time of sorrow is personal how do I know our text reveals that it is God that calls us to sorrow but it is us who are to respond with baldness and sackcloth. God ain't going to shave your head and tell you to put on sackcloth, all right? In other words, I don't get to choose how I come to sorrow, but I do get to choose how I go through sorrow. Did y'all hear what I just said? I, I don't get to choose how I, I did I know Pastor Cole did not get to choose how he came to this day of sorrow, but he does get to choose how he goes through it. Now that's good news that God, somebody say God gives me liberty. He gives me liberty how I can go through it. Ah, oh, that's good news. And, and this is why, watch this, Joseph wept in solitude. That's Genesis, Genesis 43, 30. The Bible says that the children of Israel wept in the sanctuary. That's Numbers 25 and 6. And the Bible says that David wept in silence. That's 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 16. So hear this. As long as we don't sin, somebody say sin. Our time of sorrow is specific. Somebody say personal. personal. And the problem with many of us is that we sin in our time of sorrow. Ooh, somebody say, don't sin. Don't sin. Uh, don't sin because if we can be honest, many people, to include believers, will cope with the cares of life, watch this, by way of sin. Uh, okay, y'all too saved. All right. Many people will cope with the cares of life by way of sin. Because here's what sin does. It will give you, watch this, a momentary pause, watch this, of your flesh. And because, watch this, the, the, this, this place called sorrow is rooted in my soul. So, so all my emotions, all my feelings, all my thought processes, That's why folk go to the bottle in times of sorrow. Because it gives me a momentary pause about what's going on, watch this, in my flesh tell your neighbor don't sin sin. Ah, because pleasing our flesh watch this may pacify our feelings of sorrow only for a moment and watch this I need y'all to understand this sin will always prolong your sorrow and never preserve you in sorrow I'm going to always have to go back to sin and watch this sorrow will always raise its head again did y'all hear what I just said When the temporary feelings of sin wear off, sorrow will raise its head again. And this is why people find themselves in bouts of addiction in the midst of sorrow. Y'all never seen folk get into drugs, become alcoholics when they mama die? Y'all with me? Because after that wears off, after your flesh has been pacified, somebody say for a moment. I got to go back to sin again to please my flesh. Ooh, somebody help us today uh, and watch this this is why Psalm thirty-two ten declares this I believe it's on our screen many sorrows shall be to the wicked I know you ain't think you was wicked but as long as you ain't sin you're wicked so that means you can survive sorrow as long as you don't sin hmm. this should help somebody in sorrow your time of sorrow is personal so however you need to get through it just get through it as long as you don't see yeah. <laughs> Listen, you ain't got to talk to pastor for a couple months. Yeah. I get it, baby. Just let me know where you are in the spirit so I can be praying for you. Right. Listen, because I don't want to minister. This is why I'm sorry, Shakita, but you you just relevant for right now. Because I never lost my mother. I never want to tell her how to endure her process of sorrow. I, because I have no, no, no level uh, uh, of, of, of experience to even give her wisdom concerning it. But I'm going to tell this baby, don't sin, Shakita, don't do that, don't go down, don't don't resolve to that. Yeah. As long as you don't say however you got to get through it, get through it. Somebody say get through it. Get through it. Ooh, that's good news to me. Get, get, get through it. For someone who is finding it difficult to grasp this revelation that our time of sorrow is personal. We need to understand that personal sorrow is in the nature of who God created us to be and i've said this we are a triune being body spirit and soul and because of our soul the same way in which our soul responds to love in like manner our soul will respond to loss right so so i've got to know that many times that response includes sorrow and just as there's levels to love y'all know how y'all got over that boyfriend that you had in high school somebody say it's levels to this it's levels so there's levels to loss so i could get over that boyfriend that girlfriend that you thought was so fine in the eighth grade and i can get over that in a week because you done seen somebody else find his wine the next day somebody say the next day. the next day so so there's levels to love and this is why we can respond differently when we lose something and it's the same thing with loss there's levels to loss so don't be trying to tell nobody to get over it in a month and you've never experienced what they're going through oh somebody say it's personal Ooh, that's going to help a lot of preachers I don't know if y'all watching but you need to stop counseling folk like you do <laughs> there's levels to loss and this is why a time of sorrow is personal and this is why David said my soul also is greatly troubled in Psalm 6 3 because the de- watch this the degree in which we, our souls are troubled will determine the degree in which we traverse through sorrow I need y'all to hear that the degree to which our souls are troubled will determine the degree in which we traverse through sorrow. I don't care if you know elder, I don't care if you know pastor, I don't care if you've been laid hands by Peter himself. All right, because the degree in which my soul, and you can't tell me how my soul should be troubled. So it's going to determine how I traverse. Through sorrow, this going to help a lot of y'all counseling folk And you counseling them wrong Tell, tell you that you counsel them wrong. counseling them wrong Ooh, Because it's personal It's personal So hear this, our perspective of our time of sorrow Will determine if we will prevail over sorrow This, this is just laying the foundation For where I'm going to go over these next few weeks All right? My perspective on sorrow Will determine if I can prevail over it And the reason why many people don't prevail Is because their perspective is off I tell you neighbor don't let your perspective be off perspective. And here lies the reason Why many succumb to sor- sorrow Because they have no clue of God's Perspective on our time of sorrow And this is why it's critical That we understand that our time of sorrow Washes his promise That is providential and that is personal But here's the interesting thing I gave y'all a text where the folk didn't really respond Like they should have And it's interesting to note that the children of Israel Still did not have the right perspective Of their time of sorrow Watch this. Despite the prophet Isaiah's persistence and despite the Lord's proclamation in our foundational text, they failed to embrace God's perspective on their time of sorrow. How do I know? Because notice the response of the children of Israel after Isaiah's persistence and the Lord's proclamation in verse number 13. Notice what they did, y'all. But instead, joy and gladness, slaying oxen and killing sheep, eating meat and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Y'all never seen anybody? And I'm going to just bring somebody in my family. So y'all say Pastor Keith family. When my grandfather died, I had somebody that's close to me. Tell me how he getting through in this time of sorrow. He said, "You know, you, you know, uh, Keith, I, I, my, my homeboys took me to the strip club. Nobody get all out there." He said, "You know what he did? Instead of going through his time of sorrow, he celebrated and had joy." All right. Did, did somebody say that's the children of Israel. Israel. So, so instead of weeping and mourning, they chose to celebrate. What am I trying to say? The time of sorrow must be processed. Because watch this, sorrow won't pass until sorrow is processed. And folk, try to get, girl, just go on some trips. Girl, just get your mind off of it. Just do this and you never process sorrow. No matter how many trips to Cancun you take. No matter how many drinks and and what they call it happy hour times you go to. If you do not process sorrow, sorrow will not pass. So, so, so the children of Israel chose to celebrate Rather than causing their sorrow to be processed And watch this the Here in the pro- lies the problem That many believers face during their time of sorrow They want to prevent What must be processed Watch this Therefore prolonging Rather than allowing sorrow to pass Watch this you might not You might be in a time of sorrow now You may be on your way to a time of sorrow You may even be on the cusp Of coming out of sorrow But watch this. God wants us to remember that our time of sorrow must be processed. Somebody say it must be processed. processed. The reason why, and I'm I'm going to say this. The reason why some people still can't get over folk that done transition because you really haven't processed it. I know y'all don't like that. The reason why some folk can't get over baby daddies from 30, 40 years ago is because you did not allow sorrow to be processed. The reason why you can't give it over the fact that your mama moved you from one coast to the other coast and now you can't be around your friends anymore because you never allowed sorrow to be processed. I'm just being honest with you. Somebody say it got to be processed. In other words, you've got to go through each phase of sorrow and allow the Lord to preserve you in it. And many folk are trying to prevent what God is saying. I need to be processed in your life. And this is why our solution to sorrow begins with understanding our time for sorrow. Watch this. Sorrow must run its course. Or watch this. Or sorrow will run you. Did y'all hear what I just said? Sorrow must run its course. Or sorrow will run you. You've got many believers allowing sorrow to run them. And what do I mean? Every decision I make about the next relationship is not dictated by the spirit, it's dictated by sorrow. Every decision that I've gotta make about this job that the Lord has brought me to is not dependent upon the spirit, it's dependent upon how I view sorrow. So many of us are being run by sorrow and not by the spirit. Tell your neighbor I wanna be run by the spirit. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you've still yet to grieve upon. You may not even be in this place, but you said, God, at some point, sorrow is going to come into my life. I want us to stand to our feet. You may know somebody that you gave the wrong counsel to. You told them, girl, get over that. You told them, boy, get over that. And you did not realize that sorrow was personal. There's some forgiving we've got to do there's some perspectives we got to change and it begins today let us pray father we thank you god we honor you god that we have the liberty to weep tonight god there's an expectation in living that will encounter sorrow but sorrow does not have to stop us from living thank you god that sorrow is promised we don't like it god God we don't want big mama to die God but sorrow is promise. God we don't want the transition we don't want the trial and many of us matter of fact how we act and we don't want the testimony but God sorrow is promise. So God we thank you God that that although it does not stop the feelings it can help us to understand how to p- respond and God the good news is God if you, if you sent us to it God, you're obligated to save us in it and set us free from it. Thank you, God, we pray. We'll expect it. Today may not be our day, but tomorrow might. Tomorrow might not be our day, but next week might. We'll expect it at some point, God, for sorrow is promise. And God, thank you, God, that sorrow is providential. You do some orchestrating. You do some calling. Matter of fact, God, you said it's appointed unto man once to die. So, God, you've appointed times for people to leave this earth. I pray even for Pastor Cole in this moment and his family. You had appointed Mother's Day of 2021 for his sister to be transitioned. God, thank you, God, that sorrow is providential. But, God, because it's providential, you you you're obligated to preserve us in it you'll carry us through it god carry past the cold through it god carry the family through it god matter of fact god you are a god that cannot lie so we'll just wait on the testimony after he comes through wherever we may find ourselves god we'll rest in the fact that our time of sorrow is providential and god we thank you god that is personal As long as we don't sin, God, as long as we don't sin, God, somebody say, as long as we don't sin, God, you'll keep us. However we got to get through it, God, will get through it. Thank you, God, that is personal. And God, I pray, God, for the one that is yet to process their time of sorrow we want to celebrate we want to have joy matter of fact somebody told us just to get it off our mind don't, don't think on them don't, don't worry about that kind of stuff just don't even, don't even worry about how it happened. no God the devil is a lie God we've got to process sorrow we've got to allow sorrow to run its course our sorrow will run us I pray for the one that sorrow is running them the one that they should have married they did not marry because sorrow is running them that job that they should have took they did not take God because sorrow is running them God, that friendship that they did not want to get in God they did not get in God because sorrow is running them God many of us are not being led by the spirit we're being led by sorrow God I come against it now God I pray I pray God that your spirit would overwhelm them and overtake them that sorrow will be processed in their lives so God whatever you are trying to get out of us as a result of sorrow You'll be able to get it out of our lives. We love you and adore you. And every heart that believes that they know that there will be a night where they will have to weep. Say thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There may be somebody here who says I don't have a relationship with God. I, I never knew that he's if he carried me to it that he's obligated to carry me through it but the only way he'll carry you through it is if you're in relationship with him so there's somebody here this morning there's somebody watching that says I don't have a relationship with God The only way I'm going to get through this level of sorrow is if I'm in relationship with the Savior. If that's you and you say, I want to give my life to Christ this morning. If you're in the sanctuary, just slip up your hands. I want to give my life. I've never made that declaration. I never confessed with my mouth. I never believed in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. If if you're watching, somebody may be saying, I want to do that this morning. All you got to do is say, I want to be saved. Put that in the comment box here's what you got to do the bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart what am i confessing what am i believing the bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of his glory in other words we're all in need of a savior if you could declare this morning i'm in need of a savior i've been leading myself i thought i could save myself and that's not the case we're all sinners and we've all fallen short of his glory And what else am I confessing? The Bible says in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. So you may be saying that I thought there were different ways to get to God. I thought if I just lived a good life that I'd get to heaven. I thought if I did this and did this, that that, that God will allow me to see my mama who's done passed away. No, the Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man, somebody say no man. So that means I'm a sinner in need of a savior and that savior is Jesus Christ. And then what else am I confessing and believing in my heart? The Bible says that even the de- demons believe. You can believe in God but never allow God the Lord over your life. So in other words, I'm saying that I've got to, not that I went to church my, my whole life, not that I got baptized, but I, it, wherever he tells me to go, I go. Whatever he said, tells me to do, I do. I'm, I'm submitted my life under the hand of God. If You can confess that with your mouth and believe that in your heart. The Bible says you're saved. I want to pray for you this morning. Let us all pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the one that has come. We thank you, God, for the one that has been snatched from the hands of the enemy. God, they've made a declaration this morning. They've confessed with their mouth. And more than that, God, they believed in their heart. And God, your word declares, God, if they can confess those things and believe those things in their heart, that they can be saved. We thank you, God, that your your word declares, God, that Jesus said, anyone the Father puts in my hand, no man can snatch away. So, God, we thank you, God, for salvation that is secure. And, God, now we pray, God, that you'll give them a church home. You'll give them a shepherd. God, you'll give them a family of believers to undergird them and pray for them, encourage them, and, and lead them in the way that they should go. God, let them know, God, they shouldn't be in this journey alone, but we're called to be a body. We thank you now, God, for their salvation. Let's give God a hand clap of prayer. If you, if you made that decision this morning, send us a message through Facebook. Say, hey, I got saved this morning. Through the message, through the worship, something pl- um, pricked my heart and I gave my life to Christ this morning. We'll connect with you. We'll tell you how to make sure that your salvation and your calling is sure. If you can't, send us a message via Facebook. Send us an email to churchoffice at Wayteverbay.org and somebody will connect with you. The other plea is, hey, somebody may be saying, I need to be connected with a local body. I'm watching online and I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel a tugging on my heart to be plugged into this church. If you want to be connected to this church, all you got to say is, hey, I want to be a member. I want to be in covenant with the Way Church of Tampa Bay. We'll connect with you as well. Send us a message through Facebook. Send us an email. There may be somebody here who says, "I, I feel like I need to be plugged in. If that's you, all you got to do is slip up your hand. I want to be plugged in. I want to be in covenant with this church. Hallelujah. Well, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Hey, I know this may not feel good, but I want y'all to know it's necessary. And I said this before, I don't preach for people's preference. I preach for their preparation you got a lot of preachers that preach for preference they they want the likes on facebook they want they want the shout outs they want you to the give them their taglines on social media but i don't preach for preference i preach for for preparation somebody say preparation so i know this may not feel good i know it may not sit well i know it may not make us shout but it's preparing us for what god is trying to take us amen So just go with me over these next few weeks. I believe the Lord will be pleased and I believe we will be prepared for this next season in the journey. Amen. Let us receive Minister Dominique at this time and he's going to take us further in the service.